Thanks for tuning in and making Res Life a part of your day. Whether this is your first time listening or this is a part of your weekly rhythm, we are glad you're here. If you'd like to connect more throughout the week, check us out at reslife.org, download our app, or follow us on social media. It's time for today's message, so let's dive in. Well, I look like I'm going to keep you busy for a few hours, doesn't it? (laughs) Oh, thank you. Um... As, as every time that I went to prepare for tonight, and I was excited to be able to um, just share with you, I love praying. And um, every time I, th- I just start pray- crying, and I just, and it wasn't like, oh no, you know, a fearful cry or a mad cry or anything. I just say, and finally I'm like, God, what's going on? I just have been crying so much. And um, I just felt it was this, God's saying, he's just so excited. He's just so excited. He's so in love with his children and his family and the eagerness that he's feeling of, oh, you know, were you excited to get together with your family and get the grandkids or the grandparents and let them, it just, that's excitement. And I just feel like it's the excitement of the Lord that he's shedding tears of joy of, of like, Wow, they're going to make some special time. It's this time to refocus. And they're actually going to listen to me. (laughs) They're going to listen. And um, so, you know, I just really think that God is excited. And I got to tell you, when um, I've got a sister who is, she's what I'd call an official intercessor. I mean, she gets words from the Lord and she hears that this, lady in this house that she walks by is contemplating suicide and, and uh, she gets a group together and they pray and then they call the husband, oh yeah, I, I came home and found uh, a, a note, I wasn't supposed to be home, anyway, they found her and they saved her, you know, and so she gets all these things that just supernatural happenings and, and I thought, well, I like to pray, I love to read my Bible, I really am not sure I know how to pray that way or listen. And, but the Bible says, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And I thought, why do sheep hear his voice? Why do they hear the shepherd's voice? Because they hang around with a shepherd. They know the shepherd. They, they listen to the shepherd. And, and they get to know what his voice sounds like. And, and I remember um, feeling really convicted to do something purposeful. And it was a time when, um, this is quite a few years ago, and we, I don't even remember what election it was, but some election was coming up. This is probably 15, I don't know, 16, 20 years ago, whenever it was. But we um, were praying for the elections and praying for our nation and what was going on. And I just get up, I am just an, easily, I don't like to say easily distracted. I just see lots of things that are, and, and, and I, to focus is, is, it's growing on me. But, um, so when I get up and gonna pray, you know, if I'm like on the elliptical, I'm running or I'm out running with my, or something where I'm, I'm, um, captured, and I can't be distracted by, oh, the laundry, oh, the kids left the light, oh, I better, oh, 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 
oh, I'm just, oh, oh, and then I, I take the laundry there. And, oh, my goodness. Oh, he left this. Oh, I'll put that away. Oh, I'll put that away. I'm coming, God. Oh, I'm coming, God. I'll be there right a minute. I'll be there. Oh, yes, God. I love you, God. I'm, I'm, but I got to do this first. I don't know if anybody ever does that at all, but I just have this propensity to um, not just multitask. It's kind of like, I don't know, does anyone know a name for that when it's, it's, <laughs> it's a zillion tasks. And um, so I, I felt like God wanted me to really exercise some kind of discipline. And so I set a time to come and I'm just going to drive. We live five miles from church. I'm going to drive to church um, I think it, I don't remember what time I started. Is it six or five in the morning? I'm coming. I'm just going to come to church. I'll walk around. We got this wonderful parking lot. You know, I'll just walk laps around the church and, and stay focused and, and pray. And um, at one point, we had like 12 ladies that were walking with me and praying because, uh, you know, others wanted to come. And, and then uh, different things happened with the schedule. But it's been going on and it's changed me um, just the discipline of doing it. And when Duane was sharing this morning, which was just such a, a great word, and, and he was talking about, he mentioned about um, having, I think he mentioned, a secret place, um, you know, that, that it's so good to have a secret place. That's Jesus' idea. He was the one that said that. Um, he gives some instruction to praying, and he says, um, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. They love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you that they've received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen or who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you in openly. And well, I thought doing laps around the church wasn't that secret, but I guess not very many people knew what I was doing at five. But it, but it was a place, it was a time, and, and um, now in our groove has been, like Dwayne shared this morning, he goes, sits out in the big chair and reads and prays, and I sit up in bed and read and pray after I sleep for another 15 minutes. Um, and, and have... You know, and it's just, it's just that special time that it seems like God is so eager to spend time with you that he meets you there. But I'm going to show you something interesting on this. Um, there, the one reason I got to thinking, why do I not pray more? Have you asked yourself that question? Why, why don't I pray more? Everyone says, I should pray. I ought to pray. Jesus tells me to pray. Why don't I pray more? I think most of the time we don't pray more because we really don't think it makes a difference. If we knew how powerful and what a difference our prayers made, we would pray more, right? Our prayers do make a difference. And, and um, so this exercising the to get in a habit of, of praying more is powerful. And when Jesus said, when you pray, go into your closet and shut the door. And so I'm trying to reconcile this with pray without ceasing and go into my closet. 
that doesn't go together, you know, how do you can't stay in your closet all day. And, um, and, but I realize prayer has to affect you first. And Jesus says he stands at the door of our heart and knocks and we open the door and he comes in and, and does life with us. And so I think, wow, I, have, I carry around a closet. Um, it's good to have a place, a physical place, but this is another physical place. My heart is like a closet. It's a place and it says, go in the door, uh, go into your room and shut the door. And I noticed something, this is interesting. Remember back in Genesis 7 where um, the Lord said to Noah to go into the ark and, and uh, he did all that the Lord commanded him. And then in verse 16, the animals went in as God had commanded Noah. And then it says, and then God, the Lord shut him in. And I thought, wow, when you pray, you're supposed to shut the door. When you pray, you go into your closet, and who are you supposed to meet with? Jesus, like the Holy of Holies. So if you've got garbage in your closet, if you've got stuff that stinks, that, that he has said um, can't come into his presence, then we have a problem, don't we? So there's times when, you know what? If we're like, God, I was in the closet, where were you? And, and uh, there are some things that need to get out of the closet and, um, and then shut the door. And I think I got this out of a Spurgeon devotion book. It said, so evil and destruction could not reach Noah. The floods only lifted him heavenward. Outside was ruin but inside was peace and rest and provision. And without Christ, we perish. In Christ, there is perfect safety. Uh, Daniel, you wanna help me? Um, I just wanna illustrate something about going into your closet and um, I'm gonna tell you all how to dress here. Uh, It says in Colossians 3, to set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For your life, you died. Your life is hidden with Christ. And then it says um, to put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual impurity, immorality, lust, evil desires, greed, idolatry, um, rid yourself of these things, anger, rage, malice. Okay, I'm just, these are some things and you can, like, like unforgiveness, uh, slander, malice, and you, you can carry these things. They just pile them on and, and just let this be. You get up in the morning and you've got complaining on your heart. You've got uh, anger for your husband, what he didn't do that he should have done. He should have known better. He should have known to do that. And um, that wasn't fair and that wasn't just. And then I think on how I could get even and or maybe just I, I spoke real angry, bitter words, and um, I haven't gotten cleaned up from that. And so we think, okay, I come into the closet. I've got all this stuff, and, but I really want to meet with you, God. I want to meet with you, God. I want to meet with you, God. Oh, God, I want to meet with you. I just, I just I can't see you. I can't 
Philia, I don't know where you're at, but I need you. Look, at I'm just full of junk. And this is interesting. In Psalm 100, he says, come into my presence with thanksgiving and enter my courts with praise. And look what happens when you, oh, okay, I'll praise the Lord. I'll praise God. I praise God. I worship you. He, he just, in the worshiping and receiving in the blood of Jesus, bore every sin already. He carried every sin, every curse. And so when we let go and just worship God, we don't have to get anxious about cleaning ourselves up. Oh, Lord, how can I fix this in my life? And how can I clean this up in my life? That's good. And um, we, we can, y'all got to go home and do that. Because it's just something about the way it feels when you've got the heaviness of something on your shoulders. And I don't know if your shoulders are different than mine, but I can't help but when I lift my hands to praise God, it falls off. I just can't keep it on my shoulder. You'd have to tie it around my neck. Uh, um, and so just I wanted you to be able to see that as to pray first, that what the first step would be to, yeah, you know, go to this secret place, wherever it is, um, do make a habit, but... Um, Lift your hands in praise and worship and throw off the lies. So much of what we carry around is just lies. Shame, guilt, um, junk. And uh, I remember one time trying to illustrate uh, the point about, you know, when you don't forgive and... Um, when you think you can hang on to some stuff that the reason why sin is sin is because it separates you from God and it's just not good for you. It doesn't matter how good it seems for the, and how efficient it seems at the moment that um, I remember one time getting so mad at Dwayne. Oh, now you look up. Hi, honey. <laughs> um, you know, when when it's not fair, when you just don't think something is fair. And, um, and well, I'll tell you what it was, because otherwise you're going to wonder. We were out um, running, and it was snowy, and they had only plowed one lane, and so we have to run up this hill, and, and so we had to go single file. And he had told me multiple, multiple, multiple times to that he, if I'm going to run with him, he likes me to run with him. Like that means at his speed, which sometimes I had a hard time keeping up. But when it goes up hills, I love charging up hills. But that's not the way he goes up hills. So I have to, I have to try to stay with him. I tried making the excuse one time if I run up. He says, there you are. You're running ahead of me. Do you want to run with me or not? And I said, well, I thought maybe you'd want to see my backside. And, you know, I try to make a joke out of it all, but I got the message. I'm supposed to run with him. So, but, but on this snowy day, you know, I had to, I pulled over and I happened to pull over in front of him and I'm running up the hill. I don't have eyes in the back of my head as much as our kids thought I did, but I was trying to go with the speed I thought he was, but I was getting ahead of him. And, and uh, so um, he, he's like, I can't remember if he said, uh, S slow down, you know, just, just you, you're going to run with me or, or you, you want to 
run a different dre, you know, whatever. He barked at me, something barky. And, and um, so I slowed down and I'm, I'm just thinking, doesn't he understand? I couldn't see his speed. Can't he just understand and, and say it nice? You know, he's a preacher, you know. And, and um, I'm, I'm just going over all this, and all of a sudden, and you got a picture, we're going forward. All of a sudden, he reaches out, he grabs my arm, and he swings me with all my forward momentum. He swings me like this, and he throws me in the snowdrift. <laughs> and I felt rejected and thrown away. I mean, in an instant, I had a reaction of, wow, he doesn't like me anymore, I'm thrown away, and I'm just like, oh, you know, and I'm having this. At that time in my life, it was probably that time of my month, and I was feeling pretty easily moody about things anyway, and, and so, but a few seconds later, I look up, and there was this truck barreling up the hill, and I was right in front of it, so... He was my knight in shining armor, and he threw me out of the way of the truck, and he saved my life and his, his own life that we didn't get, get. So he was a good, awesome, wonderful husband. But um, I was still, I thought I had a reason to be mad. I couldn't even be thankful for what he did. And I, um, I turned around, and I ran back home, and I let him go running off into the wild. West. And, and um, I went back home and I'm standing there at the sink and I'm like, oh, oh, you know, you will work up something. I think, I think he should apologize. He could be nicer than that. He can be nice. He could. He knows how to be nice. And, and I just started fuming about it. And, and the word of God will just straighten you out. It will just, it's a seed in your heart. And if you'll just calm down a bit, and when I just calmed down enough that I could hear the, uh, even if he never apologizes, what's your excuse for not doing it right? Um, you choose to forgive, and you just erase it. Not the kind of forgive that, well, I forgive him, but I'll wait, and I'll really forgive him. I'll forgive him one step like a two-step forgiveness. One, I forgive him, but I hang on to it. And the second step is when he apologizes. No, it's an all the way, I forgive him. So I, I forgave him, and I'm praying for him, and I made the decision. If he came back and never said anything about the incident, I was just going to let it go, except for, for illustrations, you know. But um, it's, it's done with, it's gone, and, and I started praying for him and blessing him, and... Um, and the first thing he did when he came in the door was, oh, I'm sorry I got so harsh with you, and, and uh, nothing like a kiss after you were... Anyway, that was good. Okay, so we, we, we make up, but, but the, um, the keeping our hearts clean so we don't go in the closet, and the, the unforgiveness, um, complaining, criticizing, gossiping... Um, there's just so much stuff that can actually make our hearts messy. And, and, you know, for me to think I could keep on living my life and have a good day and I could take a bad attitude towards my husband or anybody else and just stick that bad attitude in this pocket and just live like, oh, everybody, I'm, everything's good. 
but you know what? That's poop in my pocket. And who knows? Poop stinks. And if you keep that in your pocket, it's going to smell up the rest of your life. And then you're going to wonder why all your other relationships, why do people avoid me? Why am I, why, you know, why don't people like me? Why don't they uh, want to be with me? What's the matter with them? Well, it's because you just got stuff that stinks. And so God loves you enough. He wants to keep you clean. He wants to keep you filled with the spirit of the living God and fresh. And, and so really that secret place is a wonderful thing, place to meet with God and invite him to point out the things that need to be cast off, uh, that need to be cleaned up. Um, one of the things that I, I pray is that we'll receive the word of God and all of its profit for correction, for direction, for instruction, for doctrine, because we all need corrected. And, um, okay, I really, I got off. I have points. I do have points. Okay. Um, so we put off, and we got the secret place going, um, and we worship God we come into his presence with thanksgiving. He says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. And this is, um, uh, I wrote this out from Psalm 103, but, um, well, in a few other places. So it says, every morning I will put to silence all the wicked in the land. Well, my land is me that I'm in charge of in my home. And anything that doesn't agree with the righteous one, I put to silence. So really that's what I, God was helping me do at the sink, was put that to silence right now. That complaining, that griping, that bad attitude right now, put, silence it. I am the temple of the living God. God's spirit lives in me. And God's temple is holy, and I am that temple. If he lives in me and with me and walks with me, he's my God and I am his child. He's my shepherd. I'm his sheep. So I can remember all his benefits and enjoy all his benefits. And um, so I wrote him down. He forgives all my sins. He heals. Why don't you just say this with me? He forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. He redeems my life from the pit. He crowns me with love and compassion. That makes you sparkle. Okay. He satisfies my desires with good things. He makes his ways known to me. He delivers my appetite from destruction. He satisfies my mouth with good things. So that my youth is renewed. I love that phrase, my attitude or my appetite is delivered from destruction. I hunger and thirst for God-likeness. I hunger for what God provides me, and it's nourishment for my body. Okay, that's so awesome. I'm supposed to tell some other stories. Okay, the, the stories I wanted to tell you was got, um, some really encouraging reports of, of answers to prayer, amazing answers to prayer, things that... that um, the more you pray, the more you say that, wow, this happens. Okay, and before I go there, there has been, I've lost some friends recently, and, or we have lost friends that we were praying and just 
doing our best to fight for their healing and their deliverance and, and uh, didn't feel it was their time to go. Um, you know, I just think we all need to set our hearts on um, praying and believing God that, that um, w- to resist every curse and that the, the thought that, well, you know, we're, you get older, eventually you're just going to get sick and die. No, I'm not going to get sick and die. We need to set our hearts to, you know, I'm not going to be taken out by the curse. I'll just, God, take me when I'm done, when you're done. Then you just, when, when um, I fulfilled my mission, then I'll go, but not before that. Uh, and so, you know, even the elderly, I find myself like, okay, I'm going to pray for you to be healed. And then if you're worn out and want to go home, just say, Jesus, take me, but get healed first. And, um, but some of our loved ones that uh, have been lost, especially during this family time, I want to encourage every single one who has lost a loved one to look up, get up, receive God's grace because he has it for you. He knows grief and he knows sorrow. And, and uh, he wants to take your hand and um, his, his grace is sufficient. It'll be grace beyond what anybody, what you've ever experienced before. It's, a, it's the special grace that you need in your situation for your family, for, for your circumstances. And don't quit believing God. If, what, if in a battle we lost a warrior, we didn't lose the war. And we're going to get back up hang on to our Savior's hand and say, you know what? I still believe God is our healer. And I'm not going to let um, uh, something that happened to uh, a loved one of mine take and, and change the character of God, change the face of God, and rob me of the opportunity to grow in my faith. Um, you know, I, I look at some things, I look back and think, wow, you know, if I'd have prayed this way or we'd have done that or, I, I, you know, we could have made a, made a, a difference. Um, but God says, you know what? We are having a party in heaven with them. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about the ones that are with me now. They are having a good time. You just keep on growing. Um, so I just wanted to encourage those to keep on growing. And, you know, if we're going to pray first, okay, this means pray first. How many are, of you here are really, um, have already made a decision and made a plan or are going to make a plan and a decision to pray first? At least take the 21 days and pray first. We're just going to pray first. But that means when you get up, what do you do? Pray first. When you sit down to eat, what do you do? Pray first. And when you start your job, what do you do? And when your tires pop and go flat, what are you going to do? <laughs> you're you're going to pray first and not curse. <laughs> All right, pray first rather than curse. That's cool. That rhymes. Um, so this is the confidence that we have in Christ, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us with Whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. And 
So this, this whole plan of God that, that you, we come to him with Jesus. When we pray, okay, this is, this is really powerful. When we pray, um, when we realize we're not, praying is saying, whatever you say all day long, you're carrying around the temple of the Holy Ghost. You are, you are speaking before the Father, whatever you say. And so, um, really, you are praying without ceasing. And all day long, you have the opportunity to uh, pray effectually or babble and other things. Um, but it says in, in Acts 3 that uh, Peter and John were going up to the temple and they came up there and there was a man who was crippled from birth who they put there every day to beg. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. And Peter said, look at us. And so the man gave him, them his attention. And then he said, I don't have silver or gold, but what I have you, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And I realized when Peter said that, he had just spent a lot of time with Jesus, watching him, walking with him, seeing him heal people, um, being a part of that ministering. Jesus, um, he had a vision of the resurrected Christ, the power of God that, that was now in him. And I really believe that with that in mind, when he said to that man, silver and gold have I none, um, and he told him, look at us, I believe he was saying, hey, look at Jesus and John and I. He knew that he was saying, going to say in the name of Jesus means that you are saying this with Jesus. This has kind of transformed a lot of my praying in realizing, oh, when I pray in Jesus' name, Jesus ever lives to intercede for us, says in Hebrews. And what is he interceding? He is praying the will of the Father that we speak. So here was Peter saying, hey, look at Jesus and I and John. And the man looked up, and he didn't see Jesus, but Peter saw Jesus. Peter knew that when he said, in the name of Jesus, there was going to be the power of Jesus that was going to manifest. And the man could receive his healing. And, and um, so as you seek God first, and as you pray, just know that you are not doing this alone. That this isn't... Um, you're doing this with, with God, with Christ. He is praying with you. Um, okay. I, 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 man. Okay, Jesus, help me. I got lots of stories, but I'm going to kind of, oh, Lord, which one do I go with? Okay. Um, I can't do that one. All right, well, quickly, I'm going to just want to throw out um, an invitation to realize how 
much our nation was started on prayer. And I wanted to, to share a story that maybe you don't know. Um, there was, uh, France was sending, I'm gonna try to be brief. France was sending this powerful fleet, 73 ships, 800 cannons, 13,000 troops. And uh, Admiral Danville intended to, quote, expel the British from Nova Scotia, consign Boston to flames, ravish New England, and waste the British West Indies. So Massachusetts Governor William Shirley declared a day of prayer and fasting, October 16, 1746, to pray for deliverance. Boston citizens gathered in the Old South Meeting House where Reverend Thomas Prince prayed, send your tempest, Lord, upon the water. Scatter the ships of our tormentors. And the historian uh, Bowen related that as he finished praying, the sky darkened, Winds shrieked and the church bells rang a wild, uneven sound, though no man was in the steeple. A hurricane scattered the entire French fleet as far as the Caribbean. Lightning struck several ships, igniting gunpowder magazines, causing explosions and fire, and, and totally, um, basically destroyed the, the enemy. There were a bunch that got sick with typhoid, and, and the vice admiral threw himself on his sword. And, and I mean, it was just... The enemy was defeated. And I know we read the accounts in the Bible and, and after a while you get kind of numb to them like, well, that just happened in the, my Bible story book. But this is the same God that answers our prayers is the same God that was there in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The same God that shut the lion's den. The same God that split the sea. The same God that raised that... that um, man that had been uh, crippled from birth, that opened the blind eyes. This is the same God. And, and to see what the answers that he has. And I mean, over and over, we, just, we were really enjoying this book and the call, the different times that our, actually our presidents, governors and presidents, the multiple times that they called um, people to a day of prayer and fasting and said and called everyone to go to the church of their choice and for the pastors to encourage them and pray with them and for everyone to fast and pray on this day and and God turned things around in the nation story after story um, just amazing miraculous deliverances and we we were we have been involved in um, in a lot of the refugees and and those that have been needed to be rescued um, where they're going to be killed. <laughs> and um, a lot of times, a lot of times we don't ask because maybe we're not desperate enough for him or because we're ignorant of his power and authority that he gave us in Christ and our responsibility to release his works through our faith words. But praying together for these brethren, for these people that are in dire situations, situations that, um, that there's no hope, um, there's no remedies without Christ um, intervening. And it has built my faith to, to see these reports um, Okay, so what was the one I was going to give? Um, I know that Bernie has shared some of them. One of the first ones that, that was that, uh, I know it was on a Wednesday night, uh, 
we got a report to, of a need that the group that was escaping were trapped up in the mountain and um, had hidden, had gone as far as they could go. There was no place else to go and the, and the enemy was coming up after them and they, they asked for prayer and Bernie prayed a really like one of those psalm, psalmist kind of prayers of strike the enemy dead, you know. I was like, wow, that was, I mean, he just went after it. And a and, um, day or so later, we found out that a 5.9 earthquake struck the mountain, shook it, and shook rocks down and killed all the, well, I don't know how many of the enemy it killed, but it killed enough that whatever, they were taken out of the game and the people were able to escape and get to safety. And um, God intervened, you know, and, and uh, oh, there's story after story. But I, I noticed the difference in our praying. Instead of just, oh, um, lift up this person. Oh, yeah, okay, I'll do it as I go my way. Oh, God bless him. Oh, oh help him in this situation. But we specifically got down to, okay, what, what can we pray for this situation? What, what happens? You know, what, how can we say it? I was trying to find, this one was really cool. They, they prayed, um, <clears throat> they were going to do baptisms and, okay, they, they, the place they were going to do it was kind of hostile, and um, the guys who knew that they were giving water baptisms disconnected the water connection so that we will not be able to fill our baptism tub. I'm reading his text. We called the plumber to fix the water connection, but he said it will take hours to fix it. Well, we didn't have time because we had to take these brothers and sisters back to refugee camp. So we all gathered and started praying for a breakthrough. And while we were praying, guess what happened? Water started coming in the faucet with pressure. We all were jumping and rejoicing and praising God for this miracle. The guys who disconnected the water connection could not believe their eyes. They couldn't understand how the water was coming when the connection was disconnected. Anyways, after our baptism tub was filled with water and we baptized all the new believers and one of the brothers that had um, this disease over his body, he received a miraculous healing when he came out of the water. Um, Jesus healed him during his baptism and another sister had severe acid scars and she was miraculously healed and uh, she went into the room to change her clothes. She screamed, Jesus removed all my scars. And she was weeping and praising God for the miracle. And the guy who disconnected the water came to us at the end of the baptism and told us what he did and asked for forgiveness and told us, could you please tell me about Jesus? So, um, you know, just the, the, the breakthrough in, in these situations where um, you, we just go after it and believe God for um, wonderful things. Man, I could have gone all night with these. Another one, oh, I think I'm out of time. Another one was um, a girl who uh, was, um, which girl? I'm thinking of two girls. The, there was one girl who had just, she had just recently become converted, become a Christian. And so the Taliban came to um, teach her a lesson and try to get her to um, give up Christianity. And she was not wanting to do that, and so they were like, well, the only way we, you, you know, we'll, I don't know, the whole crowd of them were going to rape her, and, and um, so she 
cried out to Jesus um, and, and like, Jesus, if you're real, come and save me. And, and um, the, I don't want to get the stories mixed up. If, um, this, if it was shaking or if the house shook or, or the men just looked up and, and she's like, Jesus, Jesus. And, and uh, they looked up and saw something and, and um, trembled. The one who, who touched her actually died. And, um, and they said, run, they're going to kill us. They'll kill us. They'll kill us. So oh, I don't know what angels look like to our enemies, but they must be pretty ferocious looking. And they, they took off and ran. And, um, you know, an, another one, just one more. Oh, i got to say one more. One more was um, a lady that, that was going to escape, and she um, had a daughter that... Uh, delayed her and, and so she missed the time to get to meet the group to go and um, the enemies came to her house and and found a little new testament they searched through the whole house and found a new testament so they told her to get down on her knees and put the uh, his pistol to her forehead and right in front of her little girl and pulled the trigger and it didn't go off and he threw that aside, grabbed the other soldiers, um, and put it to her forehead and pulled the trigger, and it didn't go off. And he took a rifle, and he stuck it in her chest and pulled the trigger, and it didn't go off. And she's just, meantime, she's screaming, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And, and they just are freaking out, and, and they take off and run, and she's fine, and, and the rescuers come a little bit later and she gets to safety and that's where she tells her story of what happened um, that God was delivering them and God is faithful and he wants to answer prayers um, I just I got to because my husband told me to and I try to be obedient when I'm not being naughty um and and just you know when he shared about uh praying the scriptures prayers I just thought I'd pray a couple. Uh, my little few that I found kind of have grown. I've got tons of them, but I found that putting his name in there changed my perspective of him. I began to see more of what God was actually wanting to do in him than just what he wasn't doing right. And this works with, our, with, with your boss, it works with your kids, it works with yourself. You start putting your own names in here and we start seeing what God sees about us and what God wants. And what I realized was in um, 1 John 5, 14, he, he said, the, the, the scripture says, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we know we have the request which we've asked of him. Do you know why that is? Because when he hears us speaking what his will is, he's also hearing Jesus, our intercessor. So we are agreeing with Jesus. We're not just saying this in our own powerful, spiritual faith. We're, this is the confidence we can have before him that if we ask anything according to his will. So let's find out what his will is. Let's find out what his will is and then know that, okay, I'm going to speak this 
and Jesus is speaking this, and then when you get a, a whole crew of, hey, this is what we're praying, this is what we're believing, believe God for this. The one time that we prayed for, um, they were escaping, they were hiding in, in a, a van, bucket, no, a, not a van, but mm, psh, big cargo semi-thing. And, um, and, and they were stopped at a lineup. They were checking everything thoroughly, and so they asked for prayer. And um, a whole mess of you just, we got on to pray specifically. God just, and it was funny because some of us could just see the way God um, blinded the eyes uh, of, of the people from seeing them. I saw a wall of water. Um, I saw the cloud, like, like how God let the Israelites get away when he put the cloud between um, the Egyptians. <coughs> Excuse me. And, and they, um, they totally, the guy got on, they were behind water barrels. Imagine that. They were in behind water barrels, it turns out, and the guy gets up there and he looks in and he comes around and he looks at them all and doesn't see them. He just sees nothing and walks out and they go through and they get away. Oh, God, it's so good. Okay, but my husband, I started praying for him and so I just want to, um, it's okay, I'll use Dwayne's name. You can just put in, think your own, but this is what I would do, like Ephesians um, 2.10. I put God... Dwayne is your workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works that you prepared for him. And I thank you that today he is choosing to obediently walk in them. I pray, God, this is from Ephesians 4, that Dwayne will walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you've called him. That he'll walk with humility, gentleness, patience, and he'll show forbearance to others in love, and he will be diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Philippians 1.9. I pray, God, that Dwayne's love will abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment so that he may approve the things that are excellent and be filled with the fruit of righteousness which comes through Christ in order to be sincere and blameless till the day of Christ to the glory and praise of God. How much better is that than for me to say, oh God, he is not doing this and he's not doing that and he's not loving like I, loving me like I want. But I'm just like, God, you're at work in him, both to will and to work for your good pleasure. And you are causing that love in him to abound more and more in real knowledge. Oh, I don't know, I just, it's so exciting, it's so good. And I just invite you to have a really exciting time of seeking God every day, I want you to know that, that when in Isaiah 58, when it talks about this is the fast that the Lord chooses, he says, a fast that I want isn't just for you to make yourself miserable. It's not earning any brownie points. You're not twisting God's arm behind his back to get him to do anything um, by... by um, suffering. The idea is, God, what can I set aside that would cause me to want you, to hunger more for you than anything else? So I just pray for you. God, I pray for the hunger in this church to increase, increase, increase. God, increase the love of truth. Increase the love of your word. 
increase the desire for your presence to worship you. Father, we choose to put you first, to get up a little bit earlier, to put off um, starting a job till we put you first. We just want you to be first, to be acknowledged, to, to honor you in everything that we do. And we thank you for supernatural breakthroughs. We thank you even now for all the answers. We thank you for the backsliders that are coming back to you, those that, that have um, slipped away. We thank you, God. We already are hugging them. We're just so grateful, Father, that they're coming back to you, that they're hearing your voice and hearing and and your love for them, your softening hearts and bringing them back to you. We thank you, God, for the answers to our prayers, even now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information, if you're in need of prayer or just want to connect with the community, go to reslife.org, follow us on social media, or email us anytime at reslife at reslife.org. We hope you have a blessed day, and we will see you again soon.